You are Locked On Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? We are back here for another edition of Locked On Tigers. I am, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Uh, The final uh, pitch literally just happened. I'm recording this mere seconds they are still. We haven't even gone to commercial after the final out, uh, so so you're getting a fresh reaction to this two to five loss to the Minnesota Twinkies. Um, not a. Not, you know what? This team, <laughs> this team is something else, man. Uh, the uh, again, uh, like like a lot of the same issues. Like it's hard. It's hard to to come up with crazy new content when. For like the the 18th game in a row, we could not hit with runners in scoring position, and then we had a late comeback rally fall short in the ninth. Like that's that's it, it's death taxes and and those two things being true. So we're gonna we're gonna go through. We're gonna give you the analysis that you uh, that you so deserve, and then we're gonna end. On, uh, on talking about Casey Mize's rookie year coming to a close, which it did today. Um, looked really solid after the first, after the third batter of the game. Looked really solid. Uh, but we're going to go over his rookie season as a whole, uh, now that his season is officially over. And then as people make their final appearances and stuff, we'll, we'll start doing that for everybody. And then we'll head into the offseason. So... Uh, welcome. Today is Thursday, September 30th, 2021. Let's get in. You guys want to start with the offense? We can start with the offense. That's fine. Two runs. Uh, two runs and very, very much could have had a lot more. As I stated uh, <laughs> a couple minutes ago, um, this team... Actually got a lot of base runners. We had 10 hits and a walk. That is 11, 11 base runners. And yet, only two runs to show for it. And one was uh, in the ninth inning. So, okay. Let's let's do this again. Let's, let's get back on this, this horse where we, we can get everybody on and can't bring anybody in. Akil Badu, two for four with a walk, one of his better games of the last couple of weeks. 770 OPS, assuming he ends the season around that, this will be a fantastic success story for Akil Badu. The Akil Badu episode where, we, uh, where we'll go through and recap you know, certain player seasons is going to be a fantastic one. A very, very happy one and a very, probably a pretty emotional one because this dude has a, has a hell of a story. Jonathan Scope goes one for five with um, an RBI. That RBI coming in the ninth inning, of course. Robbie Grossman, two for five with a strikeout. Every single starter actually recorded exactly one strikeout except for Harold Castro. Look at that. Robbie Grossman, two for five with a run scored. Miguel Cabrera goes 0 for four with a K. The OPS down to 713. The slugging at 392. Uh, the, the 261 average and the 320 OBP aren't horrible. 
I guess in theory, you'd like to see a little bit higher of an on-base percentage, but really the biggest thing is the sub-400 slugging percentage. That is very much not Miguel Cabrera. Jamer Candelario, one for four with a strikeout. His at-bats continue to look so good. He's got a 799 OPS. My goal, our goal as a fan base, we're rooting hard for Jamer Candelario to end the season with an over 800 OPS. We had slugging percentage watch. We had Jamer Slug Watch uh, earlier in the year, as you guys remember, where we were trying to get him above a 400 slugging percentage. It's now at almost 450. He more than cleared it. So to keep that momentum going, we're going to end the season on, on Jamer OPS Watch. After this game, it's at 799. I want it to be over 800 so badly. That'd be really cool. Harold Castro, 2-4-3 with an RBI. He is batting 285 with a 667 OPS. Unbelievable. One of the the wildest the Harold Castro episode is still going to come this offseason as well and it's going to be absolutely phenomenal. Dude is remarkable in so many ways. <laughs> his uh his his um his batting gloves and stuff were sick today too. The the bright yellow is dope. Uh, already did Harold. Eric Haas, one for four with a strikeout. The strikeout coming, not surprisingly whatsoever, on a breaking ball, low and away. Uh, this one was a little more just low than it was away, but it was still on the outside part of the plate and was a breaking ball in the dirt. So that continues to be um, his his kryptonite. That's going to be something that he's going to have to work on a lot this offseason. Because I'll tell you what, man, as much as I love the dude, I'm not sure a 285 on base percentage um, with with a 750 OPS is super, super, super duper sustainable. So uh, we're, we're going to next next year will be very interesting for Eric Haas is guess what I'm trying to say. It'll be a really interesting barometer to see where he's at. Nico Goodrum. One for four with a strikeout. Daz Cameron, 0 for three with a run scored and a strikeout um, advancing there late in the game on a hit by pitch. The only extra base hit the entire game was Nico Goodrum. We had 10 hits, 11 base runners, nine of them were singles, and one of them was a walk. We had one extra base hit, and it was a Nico Goodrum double. That was not even an RBI. This inability to drive anyone in is beyond frustrating. It's it's honestly it's it's somewhat of a um, uh, it's somewhat fascinating to me at this point because it, it, it's no longer it, it's no longer like oh my gosh like like. We suck. Like, how, how are we going to drive these guys in? It, it's now come to the point where it's like, how are they going to manage to not score this guy? You know that when that philosophy in your brain switches and you go from, come on, we got to drive him in, and then you're disappointed to like just going into it being like, all right, well, he's definitely not scoring, and I would love to see how we're going to manage to not score like a man on third with no outs. It's remarkable. The ways that this team has been finding to not score runners. We had over, we averaged over a hit an inning in a nine inning game. 
And we scored two runs. Unreal. Absolutely unreal. Um, Michael Pineda got the start for the Twins today. Uh, he, he's actually turned his career around in a really big way. This dude went from from on the Yankees and, and then being part of that, what at the time was thought to be a huge trade, and then it ended up being they were both busts, and he was, and then he got caught with the with the sticky substance, and then he was bad, and then he was like almost like forgotten about and out of baseball, and now he's like carved out a pretty nice um, spot in this Twins rotation, a 3.62 ERA on the year, an out away from going six today, uh, gave up eight hits in five and two thirds. You'd think that he would have more than than one run against him with eight hits in less than six innings, but no. Also on a bad Twins team, he's he's uh, nine and eight on the season. I know pitching wins are are honestly stupid and like not should not be used for judging how good a player is, but it's still impressive that uh, that on on a last place team. Um, that he has managed an over 500 record. I mean, again, a 362 ERA. His stuff looked really good today. His two seamers always have had, always has had really good movement when he's locating it. He, uh, he, he, he's when he's locating it. He's honestly back to what people thought he could have been when he was coming up through the Yankees system, which was a, a really highly regarded prospect. So. Uh, I guess shot to Michael Pineda, and then this bullpen is surprisingly not horrible either. Uh, we get to the ninth inning, put a little bit of a rally together, as we always do. I tweeted this out, but if if we found a way to play all nine innings like we do just the ninth inning, I think we might be the greatest baseball team of all time. Because every ninth inning, no matter if we're down 10 or 1, Every ninth inning, we end up scoring a little bit, or at least threaten to. We, we, we load the bases or something. If we, if we played the ninth, man, if we played the ninth like we did the rest of them, whoo-wee, watch out. <laughs> Hopefully that'll be next year. Again, for the millionth time, we just need a fear bat in this lineup to drive in runs. RBIs are, should not be used... To judge how good a player is. I think RBIs are like one of the most useless stats ever. Okay. When it, when it comes to like judging how good a player is. I think they're completely irrelevant. But that that's like individual. Like you still need to drive in runs as a team, dog. That's the whole point of baseball. It's the whole point of the game. Can't win if you can't score. So we need we need some people. We need some dudes. In this lineup that we can consistently rely on to score runs. We have dudes. We, we got the getting on base part. Which again, a year ago we didn't. So so big ups. Huge improvement. We've at least gotten this far. Where we can, where we can get a base runner an inning. The next step is driving those guys in. All right, let's get into our, uh, our first break. And then we'll get into uh, the pitching. The pitching, the pitching, the pitching. Casey Mize's last start of this season. First, though, got to talk to y'all about Get Upside. Tigers fans, I have an incredible app for y'all. 
Anybody who got buys gas needs to know about it. It's get upside. My listeners are making 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code BASEBALL. Get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. Just download the app for free. Use mobile code BASEBALL to get up to 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two or $300 a month in cash back and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out at any time. Bank account, PayPal, e-gift card, Amazon, and other brands. Any way you can possibly think of. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code BASEBALL to get up to $0.50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. That's promo code BASEBALL at GetUpside. All right, everybody, we are back here for segment two at Locked On Tigers. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Tigers. You can follow me on Twitter at Bentley Scotty. Uh, let's get into this pitching. We're going to save, well, we'll do Mize first, actually, because the third segment is going to be kind of be dedicated to him anyway, and I don't want to end segment two on him and then talk about him completely for three. You know what I mean? So we're going to start with him. Four innings pitched, five hits, three runs, no walks, four Ks. This final line is rough it's not great however this is a classic the final line does not tell the full story moment because everybody who watched the game last night is fully aware that after the third batter of the game he was locked in he was absolutely locked in the first three batters, he would give up hit, hit, home run. And then those would be the only runs he would give up the uh, the remainder of his outing. So really, really, I mean, I mean, solid, to be honest with you. And the final box score is not going to reflect it, but that's okay. Us that watched will know the truth. Um, his stuff was fantastic. Some of the best pure stuff when you're talking about movement, velocity, spin, just shape of his pitches, the the best that you will that that we have seen from him. Like the the best his stuff has looked from a pure from a pure appearance, a pure a pure stuff. That's the that's the advanced analytics term, the pure stuff. Some of the best we've seen. His uh, his splitter looked great. And, and the interesting thing is his splitter is, I think when he first came into the bigs, the belief was that his splitter was like this crazy like swing and miss pitch that was just going to get a bunch of people out on their front foot. And he was going to induce a lot of strikeouts and a lot of whiffs with it. When he has really shown that it is an elite ground ball getter. I shouldn't say it's elite right now. It has the potential to be an elite ground ball inducer. It really does. Um, this is a, a pitch that he has become very comfortable with when he really wants soft contact. That's, that's the pitch that he's been using a lot lately. And it's really interesting, too, because for about, I don't know, four weeks, five weeks there in the middle of the summer, 
He just like didn't throw the splitter. And then he just like, oh, I'm going to go back to this. And it's been a really good soft contact kind of ground ball pitch. So that looked great. The fastball was as lively as we've ever seen it. Consistently in the in the mid-90s, pumping 95 at the end of the outing. Granted, that was, you know, 65 pitches in four innings. But still, uh, I, I think I think he went out there knowing this is my last outing of the season. I'm letting it all hang out. And, and he absolutely did that. And, and honestly, if you remove, and I know you can't play this game, but I'm going to anyway. It's my show. I can do what I want. If you remove the first three batters of the game, this is a, a fantastic Casey Mize outing. This is like one of the, truly like one of the more encouraging outings of his entire season, to be honest with you. Um, if you. If you just look from batter four on until the rest of the outing. You take that away, you have, what, two hits, no runs, no walks, 4Ks. And a lot less pitches, too, because that first inning was like 30-something pitches, and he only ended with 65. I mean, he got into an absolute groove after those first uh, three batters. The only issue is the offense only put up two. So even if he went complete game shutout, after that third batter, still would have got uh, still would have got handed the loss, which he does get tonight, moving him down to seven and nine on the year, three seven one ERA. We'll talk about that a little bit more in the next segment, but really, just a, a really promising outing from from Mize. Uh, the the command was super super well as well, for real. It was it was fantastic, just all around. All around, uh, very very good outing from Mize. We'll get into him more in the third segment, so we don't need to dwell on him. Dwell—that's the wrong word to use. We don't need to, to keep talking about him too much more. Jason Foley comes out fantastic, fantastic from Jason Foley. And look, one inning, one perfect inning with two strikeouts on sixteen pitches. He is in that same boat as Gregory Soto and Alex Lang. Nasty, nasty, nasty stuff. Some of the best stuff in the entire organization. Just needs to work on the command, and hopefully he'll go through a throwing program this offseason, and, uh, and and hopefully he will go into next year. I'm He's like one of my people I've circled like eight times going into spring training next year. Very, very intriguing and uh, intriguing. Intrigued and interested on what uh, what he will look like next season and where he'll start off. Kyle Funkhauser, the Funk Master, one innings pitched, one hit, one walk. Uh, did not give up any runs, but gave up two base runners. Still got out of it with only 16 pitches. Um, he's He c- continues to be inconsistent, and I think that's going to be his biggest step of development next year is going to be consistency. He has shown that he has the ability to be a really solid back-end one-inning reliever at the MLB level. He has massive props because a lot of people, gave, going into the season, I think most people had kind of given up on on Kyle Funkhauser, to be honest with you. I had. I'll, I'll admit it. And I think most people had. So so massive props for, for this season that he's had. Um, the thing, The next step in his development is going to be consistency. Not having a, a week of really good, a week of really bad, a week of really good command, a week of really bad. That's his That's his next step. So that'll be another thing to look for 
in the offseason uh, and, and going into next season. I know this past spring uh, he came into camp with a really low velo and, and kind of out of shape by some reports. So it'll be, it'll be really interesting to see how he treats the offseason and what he'll look like coming into uh, coming in the next spring. Derek Holland, one uh, clean and perfect inning. Well, he did hit a batter, I guess, so not quite. Uh, I mean, whatever. Derek Holland's Derek Holland. Don't need to spend too much time on him. I, I am kind of interested in what we do with him this offseason, but I'm like 85% sure that he has five games left as a Tiger. Um, and then Joe Jimenez. Gets the final inning and was bad. ERA back over six after this outing. Joe's had an interesting season. Um, man, it's just so sad that I'm talking about all the... We're, we're so late into the year now where I'm talking about all these guys as not their current performances, but looking at like how they've been all year. Makes me sad when baseball season ends. Going to miss the Tigers. Going to miss the Cats. Um one inning, one hit, two runs, two walks, and a strikeout. Not very good at all. Three base runners, two runs. Never never great. Actually, I think he hit a guy too, didn't he? So that's four base runners, two runs. Um, the, he's had a weird year, a roller coaster of a year. Um, he, he went from very, very bad at the beginning of the season to like kind of like down to triple a bad then he was kind of back and he was like kind of decent and it was like oh okay like this is this is nice joe jimenez is actually like kind of kind of nice with it right now so that was kind of nice and then like it wasn't again and now the last like two or three weeks he's been really struggling again I, Joe Jimenez might deserve his own show. It deserves probably the wrong word. Joe Jimenez might get his own episode this offseason too because his career arc is, is unreal. And I think I could probably talk about it for half an hour easily. <laughs> so uh, really interested. He is easily one of my most uh, circled players going into the next spring. Because uh, like like he's on ARB, he'll come back. I, I I don't think he gets non-tendered, but like I don't know, man. Pretty close to put up or shut up time for Joe Jimenez. Okay, let's get into the uh, the final segment, which is going to be the Casey Mize kind of look back on his uh, season after his last start today. We're it's only probably going to be five, six, seven minutes long. Um, and when we do, when we get to the off season, we'll do a, a full breakdown of, of guys, uh, and, and he will definitely be one of those. Uh, people seem to really like that idea, so I think that's probably what we're going to do. Sprinkle some interviews in there, obviously, uh, as as I've talked about before. But I think, I think for the most part, we're going to do uh, this off season. Will be filled with a lot of of looking back season review on on certain players and my opinion of how they looked last season and going into next year and all that good kind of stuff so um okay let's get into our final ad break and then we can get into uh into the casey mize uh segment 
First, though, got to talk to you all about betonline.ag. We're back in better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on to start another football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site interface, even more odds, props, and contests, betonline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device, sign up today, and receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use promo code NFL100. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of amazing offers for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online is your online sports book experts. And we got to talk to the folks at home about our friends at rockauto.com. This episode is brought to you by Rockauto with the ever increasing numbers of makes and models. It's now impossible. For your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. So why endure often pointless or intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders parts on their computer, choosing only the brand their warehouse happens to carry? Just don't make no sense. You have computers, you have access to rockauto.com at home and in your pockets. So save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more on the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Doesn't make sense, people. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Their prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even a new carpet. So go explore the easy to use website today and find the solution for your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. And right locked on the How'd You Hear About Us box. So know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. All right, folks, we are back for our final segment of Locked on Tigers. Uh, I'm your host, Scott Bentley. Let's get into Casey Mize. He will end this season. We'll run over his stats for the year. Uh, for those who don't know, where I, I there seems to be this ongoing war in the baseball community between like advanced sabermetrics and advanced analytics and uh, like the old school kind of eye test how you look, stuff. Um, I really try to take in everything. I view stats as information. I'm going to take in as much information as is available to me when talking about or analyzing a player. Now, I also get paid to talk about the Tigers literally every day of the week. So, when I, when I talk about people and I talk about analytics, I don't want people that, that are anti-advanced analytics or whatever to, to throw their headphones off and be like, oh, this is ridiculous. I, I, I have an interesting perspective where I'm very much, very much agree with both. I, I, I agree with both. I, I don't think you should do either. I don't think you should not watch games and only view on on advanced analytics that sound like alien names, right? But I also think it's ridiculous to only watch and basically reject being able to, to absorb and take in more information that is available. I think both sides are absolutely stupid and ridiculous. So I'll, I'll go into this and this offseason with that. just so, And I'm sure I'll bring it up again because I'm sure somebody will call me a nerd or, or someone will call me an old head or, or whatever. But I, I truly believe that, 
that there shouldn't be a war going on between the two sides and, and have, dipping your, your toes into both is actually like the right thing to do. So I will say that as we go into some of these analytics and such uh, for Mize on the year. So he ends this season. Uh, his war is going to be about 1.3. These uh, numbers are also not completely updated with the four innings he just pitched tonight because it takes a, an evening for those stats to update. Um, so around a 1.3 war, I can't imagine that these four innings, he gave up three runs but struck out some dudes, is going to change that too terribly much. So that'll probably be about where he starts. His ERA was a 3.63, which is solid, really respectable. His FIP was 4.71. I learned uh, after interviewing RJ Pettit, who uh, who that interview will be up um, after the season ends. He was the Tigers' 14th round pick this year and has already spent time in three different levels of the Tigers organization, even though he was just drafted like four months ago. Uh, I have learned that the, the Detroit Tigers organization as a whole loves FIP. Loves it. It's uh, they, that, that at the lower levels, they care about FIP more than ERA when they're come, talking about developing players. So I think it's important to look at that when evaluating these guys because that gives you kind of an idea of what the organization will think of them. FIP, which I, I think, did I talk about FIP on a previous show? I feel like I might have kind of somewhat explained FIP. FIP is is basically, um, no, what did I, what what? I swear I did. Or maybe it wasn't fit. Maybe it was Sierra. One of those stats. One of those ERA variation stats. I definitely talked about when talking about Corbin Burns on the awards show. I'm just now remembering. But FIP is is very much, uh, there's there's FIP and XFIP and, and all these different variations. But, but basically, they are trying to tell you at a base level how good your pitching is because ERA is just how much runs how many runs you have given up really you're right your earned run average that's that's strictly all it is where FIP is is taking it into consideration a lot more factors and takes into consideration um, FIP and XFIP both are, are obviously slightly different variations of, of the same thing but taking into, consider, into consideration how much hard contact you give up um the, the variance of like, hey, maybe you've just gotten a little unlucky and you gave up a lot of home runs this year and that's like not sustainable, right? Like next year, not all those fly balls will be homers. So like it's it's this interesting uh, stat to look at. And I, I encourage you to look into it because it's actually pretty fascinating. And, and it's a stat that on its own might not hold as much value as when you compare it to an ERA. Because FIP is basically saying, hey... His ERA was 3.63. His FIP was 4.71. And his XFIP was 4.39. Again, slightly different formulas and variations of each other. We can argue until we're blue in the face on which one's better. But it's just interesting to me that his FIPs, plural, uh, are both pretty comfortably higher than his ERA. Which means he was still giving up putting a, a, a lot of balls being put in play. But we knew that. Because we've talked about that. And this is where I'll, I'll go back to kind of the other side of the spectrum on, on the advanced analytics thing. We, we know that. 
we've been talking about all year how this step of development for him was very much not swing and miss oriented and was how can I induce as much soft contact as possible. And that's also why you see the XFIP lower than the FIP because the XFIP takes into consideration hard hit stuff a lot more than just normal FIP. I hope that this is all making sense. Um, it, it makes sense in my head, but so, so I hope that I'm articulating this well and that you, maybe you learn a thing or two. Maybe you learn a thing or two, but so, so that's just an interesting thing for me to look at, right? It's interesting to see that both of those higher and it, it backs up my theory that the XFIP is lower than the FIP. It's just, it's, it, we knew that, that the swing and miss stuff was not, uh, was not, especially in the middle of the season, he was really going through a stretch. His K per nine is not anything unreal. It's really not. It's like seven or something. It's not not ridiculous by any stretch. Not that great. But a lot of soft contact can get a swing and miss when he needs. And, and the biggest thing was just when the ball is put in play, more times than not, it, it was not a super negative event. And I think that next year, we see him take that and grow on it and go, okay, I can get soft contact whenever I want. Now I'm going to start and mix in the swing and miss stuff more and more, which is honestly kind of what it looked like today, but last start of the season, maybe he was just amped up. Really interested for next year from the kid. He was fantastic. The The graphic of him side by side, he has identical, if not better numbers than Justin Verlander as a rookie and Verlander won rookie of the year. So a lot of... A lot of, lot, of, lot of excitement after this last star from Casey. And, and we'll go, we'll take a much deeper dive on, on, his, uh, on all of his season and all of his, the crazy stats that you can get annoyed over um, <laughs> when I read them off to you. And we'll take a look back at some tape and specific outings and stuff. We can, we can do a deep, deep dive if you, if you want me to um, uh, on these guys' seasons as a whole. So we will definitely do that. But for this segment, I just found it interesting that that those numbers were the ones that stood out to me the most. They backed up what we've been talking about on this show for most of the season. Um, And a 3-6-3 RA as a rookie is damn good, man. It's damn good. Can't wait to see what the kid does next year. Really, really solid full first rookie season from Casey Mize. Round of applause. Round of applause to Casey. That was uh, fantastic. Fantastic year. Can't ask for too much more. Um, comfortably the most innings he's ever pitched in a season at any level. From from his freshman year of high school all the way through Auburn to now. Literally, like, like by far the most innings he's, he's pitched as a pro. Um, can't ask for too much more, man. Kid's healthy. Got a sub-370 RA, career high in innings. Take that every day of the week. I, I think that this is very close to best case scenario, to be honest. Um, back in the spring, if we were doing best and worst case scenarios for Casey Mize, I, I think that this is really close to best. And that's that's awesome. We should all be super, super pumped about what we got out of them this year. All right. I will, uh, I will send you all on your ways. 
After I tell you about Locked On Bets, betting on baseball, MLB, the Tigers doesn't have to be a guessing game anymore. If you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favored picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day, follow Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcast. All right, everybody. That'll do it for me at Locked On Tigers. Um, yeah, we'll be back tomorrow. Same time, same place, baby. Peace and love going to Therapy's Dope, and I will catch y'all tomorrow. Go Tigers.